0: The Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler, episode 18, entitled What is a Brand Manifesto? Welcome to the Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler the show that helps you build a life-giving personal brand and business. I believe the chaos and confusion around branding, marketing, and business strategy leads to burnt-out leaders, underperforming businesses, and life-draining brands. The best way forward is to connect your branding, marketing, and business strategy together so you can become a better leader, build a stronger business, and bless the customers you serve. Welcome to this edition of the Brand Ed Podcast. We're going to have some fun today looking at what I call a brand manifesto. So in the last episode, if you didn't listen to that one, go check out the previous episode where we talked a little bit about why would you want a brand manifesto? And I said, we're going to kind of back into this topic. So we started out with, well, why would you want a brand manifesto before we even totally jumped into, well, what does it look like or, you know, what is a brand manifesto? So today on this episode, I'm going to share my own brand manifesto, just walk you through that. So to, to connect those dots for you. So you see how important this is for, you know, even my own personal brand and business and how it would help you in your brand and business. If you're, again, if you're a personal brand or you lead a small business, you know, you're the founder of a small business or you're an entrepreneur, this is uh, the power of the brand manifesto. So let's start with just this reality that as, as leaders, whether again, you're a personal brand or an entrepreneur or a business leader, we all need help. That We all need help with our business, with our personal brand, as entrepreneurs. That's normal. Okay, we need someone else to help us, someone else's set of eyes to look in and to help us. Sometimes this comes in the form of employees maybe that you hire, maybe it's vendors, maybe it's subcontractors, maybe it's a consultant or a coach, maybe it's a group like a mastermind group. Point is, we all need help. And that's really where this brand manifesto came from for me. I thought about, okay, so who am I helping? How do I help them? What ways am I going to go about doing this? So this is kind of where the brand manifesto came from for me and my own personal brand in business. So this is how I would define a brand manifesto. And this would apply, you could apply these same questions to, to some other areas, but this is kind of where mine came from. And I, I will use this with clients when I'm helping clients think about their their brand. Okay, so my brand manifesto or the core beliefs or your brand manifesto or whatever you would want to call this thing. I'll, the pause real quick. The reason I like the word brand manifesto is it's bold. It puts a stake in the ground. We said that last time, go big or go home. So you could say values or some things like that, but those sound soft. They often get set at some point in time in the history of a brand or a company or a business and forgotten. Right. So we're saying brand manifesto. We're using that language very intentionally. We want to make this a big deal. So Brand Manifesto, what is it? How would we define what one is? It is the core beliefs that shape, number one, how you help others, okay? Just really simple, how you help others, and we're really thinking about your customers, right? But this is the important part, how you help others. It's your core belief that shape how you help others, even if what you do changes, Okay, so we tend to think, well, what do you do? Right. And that's often how we greet people or meet new people. Hi, I'm Robbie. And someone will say, Hey, Robbie, nice to meet you. What do you do? Well, that has changed in my life. I've done, you know, full time paid ministry. I've worked for startup companies. I have my own personal brand now. That's what I'm doing now. But regardless of what I do, how do I help others? So your brand manifesto will help. You know, help you define that. How do I help others, particularly my customers, even if what I do changes? And if you're a personal brand, what you do in your personal brand will likely change. When I started back in 2001, I was mostly a designer. That's what I did. I did design work for clients, right? So they might call me for a You know, logo design or website or a particular, you know, design project. That's what I did. I don't, I'm not in design day to day like I used to be. I'm far more on the kind of consulting end of that. So, what I do does change from time to time. If your business grows, it will likely change. So, your brand manifesto helps you define how you help others, even if what you do changes. Okay. So, it's your core beliefs. That number one, shape how you help others. And number two, what you help them become, what you help those customers or those people become. Okay. So it's not just what you help them do or avoid. It's not just what, like, hey, my business, I help, you know, this kind of customer go do this thing. It's not just what you help them do or avoid or what you help them gain or lose, you know, time or money, like you're going to gain some time back. Or we're going to help you avoid losing or wasting money. So your brand manifesto is your core beliefs that shape one, how you help others and two, what you help them become. Keyword, become. Your customer is a person, okay? You're not selling to a machine. You're selling to a human and any human, like we're all malleable, right? fancy word there, like, look, we're moldable, we can be shaped. We grow as people, as humans, right, character, business, both both, like in tangible and intangible ways. We, we can grow or shrink, we can improve or worsen, take a step forward, take a step back, right? So your brand manifesto helps you wrestle with what am I helping my customer become, not just what I help them do. What I help them become, because we're talking about people and we're all on a journey somewhere. So what am I helping them become? Because the, re- the reality is so much of what we do as people, right, leading this personal brand or this business, so much of what we do, which is true of us and our customers, so much of what we do is driven by a riptide undercurrent of who we want to become. So much of what we do is actually driven like a riptide. You know, when you go to the to the ocean. I know I went to uh, Cabo one time on my wife and I did for one of our big anniversaries. I think it was fifteen year anniversary. We went down to Cabo. Couldn't get in the beach the whole week we were there. Looked amazing. Everything looked great on the surface, but the riptide, the undercurrent was so strong it would just sweep you out. And we actually saw some goobers that really didn't pay attention to that. We we saw it happen. They almost like got in serious trouble. And that's the way we are. So much of what we do is driven by this riptide, this undercurrent of who we are trying to become. So I want to think of my brand manifesto. I want to think about who am I helping my customer become? I don't want to be ignorant or oblivious to that reality. I want to I be responsible with that. And then last part of that definition of a brand manifesto. Okay, core beliefs that shape one, how you help others, two, what you help them become, and three, why I do it. Okay, so this gets back to purpose. Why is it that of all the things I could be doing, why do I do this and why do I do it this way? And we all know that defining that purpose can really change everything. So if we think about like a marriage, if you're in a marriage and you you know, the purpose of the marriage from your perspective is self-fulfillment or, you know, self-satisfaction or enjoyment, then when things get rough, if that's what the purpose of marriage is, that's going to produce one outcome when the, you know, when the trouble hits. If you think the purpose of marriage has something to do with family or your kids, then when trouble comes, you may have a different response because of that purpose. Or if you think the purpose of marriage is tied to some other, you know, grander, you know, cosmic or spiritual reality or something like that, then if that's what you think the purpose of marriage is, then it would have a different effect when the same kind of troubles and trials and tribulations, you know, came upon a marriage. So I want to think about why I do it this way, because. Defining that purpose does change, right? Knowing that matters when the tough times hit, when the opportunities hit, like, should I say yes to them, right? So this is where the brand manifesto comes in. So there's a quick definition. Core beliefs that shape how you help others, what you help them become, and why you do it. Like, why do you do it this way? Okay? So, I'm just going to, for the rest of this episode, just run through real quick my brand manifesto. So you get a feel. I think as this is something maybe it's a little more caught than taught. So you this would resonate with you and hopefully get your juices going, get your mind going about what you might do, whether you call it a brand manifesto or not. It's 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 nailing down some of these things. I think as I walk through them, you'll be able to see... You know, what kind of difference that would make as you led your personal brand or business. So here are my seven. I've got seven core beliefs that I wrote down for my brand manifesto. Okay. And the first one is this. Embrace limits versus the allure of more. One of my core values, one of the things I'm going to do with customers is with my own customers or clients, is embrace limits versus the allure of more, and what I mean, I just fleshed that out. So that's one of my core beliefs. I've got like, I don't know, two or three sentences under there that that help me, you know, flesh that out a little bit. So embrace limits versus the allure of more. Life giving brands don't overpromise, right? And man, do we see that a lot out there. Overpromising, like just buy my thing, you know, uh, get this product, jump into my class or my course, become a member to my thing, whatever that is. And like, you'll never need anything else again. So I am trying to say one of my core beliefs is just embrace limits. Like I can help you. This will help you up to this point, but it's not going to solve every problem. It's not the only thing you might, you know, ever need to run your brand or business or to solve your problem customer there's always this allure of more that we you know we we will chase after and oftentimes it's easy in your marketing to overpromise right to just like hey i can help you get more 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 and promise this thing that in the end i can help you get some but i can't help you like get everything One of my core beliefs in my brand manifesto is to just embrace limits. Like that's gonna be healthier for me and for my customer. Here's the reality with with this one in particular. Business is extraordinarily complex, okay? Running a personal brand or a business or being an entrepreneur, business is extraordinarily complex. Healthy growth for your brand or for your business, right, that healthy growth is right? It's tied to customers. You can't have healthy growth without some way that involving customers. And customers are living human beings and human beings are unpredictable. And all of that takes place in a world, in a, in a, you know, amongst circumstances and the world is, is unpredictable. See also COVID-19. Business is extraordinarily complex. A healthy growing business, because of the fact that it involves humans known as customers and a world that's unpredictable, it's even more complex. So, anybody that tells you differently, like buy my thing and everything will be simple, pay attention to what they're trying to sell you. I want to be the kind of brand that embraces limits, not over promise. That's the first core belief. Second one healthy leaders. Lead healthy brands. Right? The reality is, brands aren't these inanimate objects like a plate or a cup. Brands aren't inanimate. They are created by you and me, by humans. And therefore, they should actually serve humans. So, the way I say it is like, I'm not here to help someone grow their brand while neglecting their own growth as a leader. So, don't grow your brand while neglecting to grow your own growth as the leader, right? Another way to think about that is like, don't let mold grow, that nasty black mold, right? Which does take time. It usually happens in the right context where there's darkness and moisture and neglect. So don't let mold grow on your own internal landscape as a leader, as a personal brand that feeds in the shadow of your successes, Don't let mold grow on your internal landscape that feeds off the shadow of your successes. So, if you think of your success like growing your personal brand or your business, or if you're an entrepreneur, if you think of that like, hey, uh, like a physical building, like a brick and mortar building. So, we started in this super small shop when we first opened, and then we expanded, and now we're in this, you know, five story thing. Well, when the sun comes out, that big five story building now casts a long shadow. Right? Don't let mold grow in the shadow of your, your success. So outwardly, everything looks great. While internally, you as the leader of this thing that looks super successful, like mold is slowly growing in the shadows of that success. Okay, so that's part of my brand manifesto. I believe healthy leaders lead healthy brands. So you better believe I'm paying attention to that when I'm taking on customers or clients Uh, Or when I'm working with them, I don't wanna do things that will help the business succeed while being detrimental to the business owner or the business leader or the personal brand. That's just not the way I want to roll, okay? The next one, so that is the first two. Number three, success together versus success at another's expense. Success together versus success at another's expense. In other words, the brand I want to help other people create, the business, the kind of business I want to help them create, life-giving brands don't pursue success at the expense of others, especially your customers. That, this is my definition. Well, what is it? Well, you keep saying life-giving brand. What is that? A life-giving brand means that you, the leader, experience success and your customer, hopefully, experiences success. It's not one or the other. Be careful how you handle the, I'm kind of using this in air quotes, the competition that you engage in with your customers. And what I mean by that is it can feel, I know the feeling being a personal brand in a business. You're like, okay, there's the customer and here I am with my business. How do I outwit them, outlast them, outsmart them to get them to right buy my thing? So I could say it this way, I could put in these powerful emotional words, I can, you know, shade the messaging this way. I'm all for being smart with your copywriting, for being wise, absolutely. But just be careful how you handle and view that, like, is this my success at their expense? And that could be really, really subtle and part of my brand manifesto, I don't want to help someone else be successful primarily at someone else's expense, especially their customer. Like, Hey client, if you'll go do this, like your customer won't even see it coming and they'll, you know, they won't have any choice, but open up their wallet and give you their credit card. Like I'm not interested in doing that. So success together versus success at another's expense, especially, especially your customer. Okay. Number, what is this? Four. Yeah, number four, slow to blame and quick to own. Slow to blame and quick to own. A life-giving brand, right, is slow to blame. It's slow to blame circumstances, vendors, troublesome customers, look out, right? So it's so easy. If you've been in business at all, it's easy when something goes wrong, and it will go wrong, it will go wrong, that you're slow to blame well, this is actually what these circumstances, and that can be a reality, but but you're not dismissing responsibility by saying, well, it's not my not my fault." And then the second uh, second part of that is slow to blame you know vendors, like where you hey, I hired this person or the subcontractor or this employee, like you take the hit, slow to blame others, or even customers. Like these troublesome customers are driving me crazy. If they just got it, if the if my you know uh crazy customer just was had half a brain, they would see or know this or get this, right? So slow to blame, quick to own, right? So a life-giving brand, this is what I want to help somebody build, takes ownership and responsibility even beyond taking responsibility for themselves when possible. Like I will even shoulder the responsibility of yes, technically. That is not my fault, um, but I'm willing to, where possible, take responsibility even beyond maybe what I'm solely responsible for. Next one, number five, core value in my brand manifesto, principled for profit, principled for profit, never profit over principled. Okay, I'm going to say that one again because this one takes a little attention. Principled for profit, never Profit over principled. Here's what that means: Life-giving brands are principled and purpose-driven for a profit, right? Without shame, it is okay to go make money on your business. That is not at all what this is about. But uh, I'm I believe that you can have a set of principles like these are the ways we are going to do business. Here's our again values or principles, and we're going after this purpose, and we we're we are going. We think we can go do that. Be principled, have this kind of character, integrity, and go make a profit. And we do that without shame. But we never seek to say, hmm, I've got three knocks on the door. One is principles, like this is what we said, how we said we were going to do this. One is purpose, this is why we want to go do this. And the third is profit. Three knocks on the door. I'm never going to go open the door to profit while neglecting the principles or purpose, or at the expense of what well, we said we never do this. And technically, we're not—you know—we're not violating the letter of the law, but a little bit. We're 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 relaxing our principles, or this takes us off purpose a little bit. But man, think of the money we can make, right? So principled for profit, never profit over principled. Number six of 7 built on wisdom versus law and this one sounds strange built on wisdom versus law so life giving brands value wisdom this is what i want to help others do okay so wisdom is a skill we're going to come back and talk about this in future episode but wisdom is a skill to be learned it does not have anything to do with your iq Wisdom is forged over time, which is one reason it's not talked about much because we are in a culture where we want everything now. Wisdom is forged over time with intentional effort. You don't find it on a street corner, right? Like, oh, hey, somebody left a bag of wisdom. I think I'll grab that and take that home and start using it. Compare that to law. Like when we think of modern law, statutory law that's written as a statute, you don't even have to think about it. That's the point of the law. When you see red stop sign, the law says you stop. You don't have to think. Like That's just what it says. So if we're ever in doubt, we just go read the little Well, uh, It says here that every time a vehicle pulls up to the intersection with a stop sign, they have to come to a complete stop. That is uh, understandable, usable at times. Here's what that means in kind of in the context of business. There is so much out there that is going to promise you as a personal brand, business owner, small business leader, entrepreneur. It's going to say, "Just get my book, course, framework, approach, whatever." You won't even have to think. It's so simple. You just fill in the blanks and you'll have success, or money will roll in, or this will take care of all your marketing needs, or whatever, okay? That's law. The problem with that approach, that can be very helpful at times to just say, man, I just need some help. Just tell me what to do, and I will go do it. I have had that help in my business, so again, I'm not casting stones at that. The problem is when we only value that and don't value Wisdom, something that is a skill forged over time that takes intentional effort. When we only pursue law, which is just tell me what to do and I'll go do it, then guess what? You become, I become a slave to law. I become a slave to, I don't know how to go do this. I don't have any wisdom. I have to have somebody tell me how to do this. And I will always do it their way, the way they told me to, and that's the only way I know how to do it. I can't think on my own. I just become a slave to the next expert or guru that says, I had massive success. If you'll go follow this one little recipe, you'll have massive success. I just don't buy that. And so I try to teach my customers and my clients, uh, hopefully over time, wisdom, how to think about marketing Core message, branding, customer, you know, empathy, uh, who they are as leaders. I'm trying to help my clients think about that with wisdom. I know it's not super popular, but that's part of my brand manifesto. I'm not budging on that one. Okay. If you go back or if you think for a minute, if you listen to the Radical Empathy Brand Framework, where we spent the first uh, number of episodes, you'll notice in there. It's built far more on the end of the spectrum towards wisdom than it is law. Like, just go fill in these seven blanks and, you know, you're off and running. Part of my brand manifesto built on wisdom versus law. Last one, last part of my brand manifesto, lift burdens versus exchange burdens. Lift burdens versus exchange burdens. So life-giving brands are fierce in their commitment to lift the burden from their customer right? It's, it's this idea of seeking to release and make life lighter for my customer. That's what I want for my customer. I don't want them to buy my thing and five minutes later, five hours later, five days later, or five months later go, man, that thing was great, but ultimately it just added more weight. I now have more stuff to do or I have more stuff to think about or I have more, right? I don't want it to add weight. Life is weighty enough. Running a brand and business is weighty enough. Part of my brand manifesto is a core value to lift burdens versus exchange them. And here's what I I mean. It's so easy to say, buy this thing, product, service, widget, whatever it is we offer or sell, okay? And uh, here, customer, buy this thing. And really, we haven't stopped to think about it, but what really happens is I'm going to help you solve this problem. And by doing so, I'm just going to insert or create for you another problem. So, if we took something like I don't know, you know, I'm just picking this out of thin air, like social media. So you hate posting on social media. Hire me; I will do it for you, and I will, uh, you know, bring you more uh, attention on social media that will just require you to now have to spend more time doing the thing that you really don't enjoy doing and is not important for you. Let's say for your for your business, like you would experience success without that. So just be, be careful that you're lifting burdens. This is what I want to help someone do. Lift burdens, not just exchange burdens. Like, hey, you're super busy. Buy my little widget. It'll help you save time so you can go get super busy over here on something else. All you did was exchange busy in this part of your life or business. And now we've solved that problem so that you can go get overwhelmed and busy over here. So that's number seven, lift burdens versus exchange burdens. So there it is. There's my brand manifesto. It's clearly stated on my website. I'll run through those seven again. Embrace limits versus the allure of more. Healthy leaders lead healthy brands. That's number two. Number three, success together versus success at another's expense like your customer. Number four, slow to blame and quick to own. Number five, principled for profit, never profit over principled. Number six, built on wisdom versus the law. And then number seven, lift burdens versus exchange burdens. So there is my brand manifesto. I call it the life giving brand manifesto because those core values that I have that are part of that brand manifesto, I think if a If you and I will pursue them, if I can help another customer or a client pursue those things, then they will start to develop what I call a life-giving brand, and that's what I'm after. A life-giving brand gives life to both the leader and the customer. It's not an either-or exchange, where either your brand or business grows, and ha-ha-ha, you beat your customer. Or the other way around, like, hey man, just go offer all this stuff for free and it's gonna ultimately kill you and run you out of business and your customer will win the day, but you you know, it'll be your downfall. Life-giving brands both win. So, your brand manifesto helps you do this at the end of the day. It helps you decide what kind of brand you want to create. Do not let your brand create you. Don't be molded in the image of your business or personal brand or entrepreneur, whatever you're starting up. Like we, it will shape you if you're not intentional. Decide what kind of brand you want to create. This is what the brand manifesto has done for me. And then that won't let your brand create you. You you will be in charge of going and creating your brand. Well, that's it for today's episode. Hopefully this one and, and the last episode together maybe, maybe have you thinking about this, about how important this could be for your brand or business in the show notes for today's episode, I'll put a link so you can download my brand manifesto. I told it's not I don't I didn't do a count of how many words. It's not particularly long. It didn't take me weeks and weeks and weeks to think of it. It's it's rather quick. I keep it in front of me a lot so that it helps me know what am I doing, right? It helps me recalibrate to come back to, nope, this is how I want to do business. This is what I want to help people become. And this is why I'm doing it. I come back to that regularly because it keeps me on track, keeps me on course. And oddly enough, it bleeds through. So it helps me attract the right kind of customer and client that I can help and that I can serve. So check out the show notes. You can uh, download that. I'll continue to put a link to my brand, uh, Radical Empathy Brand framework that we've been talking about on the previous episodes. And I'd love for you to reach out and and connect with me. You can find me on social media or email. That'll be in the show notes as well. And then last thing, I'd love for you to just stop and think about someone else that this episode might help. Maybe it's one of those seven core beliefs that I have that got you thinking about somebody. I'd love for you to go ahead and just share this episode with them. You can click that up arrow on your phone if you're listening to this on your phone the little up arrow that, that allows you to share and you can text it to them uh, right now. And that'd be a great way to hopefully spread spread this and, and help someone else build a life-giving brand because that's what we are here to do. So until the next episode where we join together again, where we're gonna have our first interview, by the way, next episode, first interview, very, very excited to do that. Until then... Go and build a life-giving brand.